I love learning about people's money stories. It's fun to hear how they talk about money, but it's also fun to learn about what they can do better in the future. Today, I'm connecting with my friend, colleague Jennifer Bush, and we're chatting about how she became a financial planner and her own money story. Join us on this conversation. You and I know that making smart financial decisions can be challenging. But in the 21st century, financial freedom is no longer just for the 1% wealthy. It is for you and me. The question is, how do we find time, avoid making painful mistakes, and find the best resources to help us reach our financial goals? Join me on my journey helping busy families figure out how they can gain financial confidence and clarity, get actionable tips, and learn from the best experts on how to stop trading time for money. It is now the time you started living your best financial life. My name is Anna Shergunina, and welcome to the Money Boss Podcast. Hey, Money Bosses, are you ready to get your financial life in order? Once and for all, as soon as possible? Are you tired of living paycheck to paycheck? Do you often lose track of how much money you have to spend? Do you want to get your financial life together, but just don't quite know how? I am with you. I've been there. I've struggled through all of these. And I know you owe it to yourself. You owe it to yourself to get better. So why do you continue to struggle? I know you can get your own money in order. It took me years to figure out. It took me years of pain, struggle, frustration, anger. But you don't have to go through all of that. You don't even have to get a financial planning degree like I did in order to be successful. Allow me to present to you my Money Flow System, a free playbook of how you can automate your finances, even if you hate budgeting. After you download this free playbook, you will never have to worry about budgeting. And who likes that budgeting thing anyway? You will stop accumulating debt and create a bulletproof plan of how to quickly pay it off. You will be able to pinpoint exactly what your income and expenses are. You will never have to miss a single bill again. And you will always, always have a solid idea of how much money is in each of your accounts. So head over to money-flowsystem.com to download my free Money Flow Playbook, a blueprint to streamline your finances in less five or five weeks. Guaranteed. Head over to money-flowsystem.com. Welcome back, Joe. I'm so excited for today's conversation because yet because yet again we are going to hear an exciting money story. Jennifer, welcome to the show. Thank you. Happy to be here. I am excited too. So I am all ears to talk to you about today how you know how you arrived here and all the things that money have you know do in our life. Now you and I are both financial planners at Main Street Financial Planning, and so we get to be in the seat with clients where we ask the questions and we guide them. So, but today is really getting to know you a little bit better. So, my first question, right, as a financial planner colleague to a financial planner colleague, is why did you become a financial planner? 
good question. So I started out um, thinking that I should be an accounting person because I was so good in math going through school. And that's just kind of what the career coaches told me in high school, you should be an accountant. So I went to school to become an accountant and got my degree, started working in accounting and I was so bored. So um, in the job I had, I started to become the person that was in charge of employee benefits. So I would be in charge of educating employees about their 401k, their health insurance, their stock options, their restricted stock, stock purchase. And so many times in that job and in the subsequent job, same, same kind of job, um, there, were, there were people that were very frustrated. They didn't understand their benefits. Um, and I can only educate. I could not give advice. And the clients, the, the clients, the employees were starved for advice. And I could only give advice. And then I was actually told, you know, this is the wall. You cannot go across this wall. You are educator, educator, educator. So um, I finally decided to just get my CFP so that I could give advice. And so I didn't even know about this career. Uh, but when I went back to school to learn how to be a CFP, I learned all about financial planning. And then um, I just said, okay, I want to be a financial planner. I want to help people get advice. And I want to educate too, but this way I can go across that boundary. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, education is so big in what we do because it is money in general is a, such a such a big topic. And so so many of us don't have proper education to begin with just to, for basic things. We're not talking about becoming, you know, professionals like you and I. So I, I think I personally value that piece as well. So so many years later now, mm -hmm. what kind of clients do you work with? I think that I work well with two kinds of clients. Um, I mean, of course I can work with anybody, but the two kinds of clients that I, that, so I have a lot of experience working with pre-retirees. So my previous job to Main Street, um, most of our clients were at 50 and up. Um, most of them came to, came, to my, came to planning because they wanted to figure out how they could retire, mm -hmm. how many years they had to reach before they could retire, how much they had to save, and then kind of what that looked like, you know, thinking about different scenarios. So I have a lot of experience with that. So I tend to, that seems to be the easiest thing for me to plan on because I kind of done that a bazillion times. Um, the other type of client that I really have a strong place in my heart for are the women. Um, I've just learned uh, through reading and just being in meetings that the woman always, uh, well, mostly um, wasn't, in, in the conversation of financials. So the husband would pay the bills, the husband would take care of the finances. And it was always the wife, she would be there, but she would be clueless about things. So I have a passion for educating and empowering those women, especially women who've been traumatized by a death in the family or, or they um, are getting divorced and they're just like, oh no, now what do I do? So I really have a strong place in my heart for those women. And I really want to help them get rid of the fear around their finances and make them more empowered to kind of go on from that traumatic experience and have a successful life. Amazing. I love that too. I support, support women very much, not just as clients, but also as, as women professionals, as many of you might know. So um, one of the things that um, being a financial planner and, and creating a financial planner for somebody is you get to see a lot behind the scenes, right, of somebody's financial life. 
And at times it becomes uncomfortable for clients, right? Because if you review everything, you know, you may be Mm -hmm. feeling like somebody will judge you, right? And of course, that's not the place where we come from, but uh, clients a lot of times admit like, oh, here's, you know, a mistake we've made, or, you know, here's the bad things we've done. Mm -hmm. So as financial planners, that's like, that's what we do day to day, but we're also humans. So, and we've made mistakes. So I'd love to hear what is your worst money mistake um, <laughs> you've made in your life before becoming a financial planner or after or during any, any point yeah. in time. Yeah. I've thought about this um, and I, re- I I thought about this question and the thing that comes to mind is um, the time that I got um, married Uh, without really considering what I was really doing, you know, just being naive, I'm in love. And I wasn't really thinking clearly at the moment, my brother had just passed away. Um, This person I was with this, this, my fiance, um, we had broken up, and we were living different, different houses, we were taking a break. And with my brother dying, and then just the traumatic experience of that and grieving, somehow I got back together, moved in, got married, bought a house with my life savings, which was like at the time, $40,000, a lot of money for me. And then um, ended up getting divorced and selling the house at a short sale. So I had nothing to show for it. So, I mean, I keep looking back now, like if I would have just kept that house, you know, this is like a, before the housing market just went crazy. I mean, this, this that's kind of the, the biggest thing that I, I look back on. And and I realized that it is so important what they say, never make a very important decision after somebody has passed away. Always give yourself time to, to go through that process of grieving before you make big gigantic decisions like changing jobs, moving somewhere else, getting married, getting divorced, just kind of let things settle down. So that was a very um, interesting learning experience for me. It's definitely hard, right? And most of us navigate as best as we can. So, but I'm glad, I'm glad um, that you're sharing that because there's definitely people that find themselves in those situations every day. And so as a professional and, you know, as a person who's gone through that, it's very valuable. So I know like, you know, when you think of mistakes and I just think of myself too, it's like, sometimes you don't even want to admit that you've made it right, whether it's a money mistake or anything else, but it's actually, I I find that it's more useful if you do, or if you share your experiences, because there's someone else who maybe you can help them prevent that mistake or it's less painful. So yeah, I kind of view mistake as a lesson learned, right? Hopefully learned. Yes. (laughs) And you know, for those of us who have kids, like, isn't that what we're supposed to do as parents, right? Um, Of course, we're supposed to make make no mistakes, but that's another (laughs) to teach your kids. I mean, I don't think I would give her the details of what happened, but she going through um, being from a broken, uh, what do you call it? A divorced, you know, uh, mom and dad. um, I think that she's more aware that you need need to choose, choose wisely who you're going to spend the rest of your life with. And, you know, I didn't have that growing up. Nobody sat me down to teach me about that. And so I made a dumb, dumb, just dumb mistake and I did this and here I am. But um, I think it's important just to be aware of, of what could happen and, you know, educate your kids on, on the value of making sure that you're, whoever you choose has the right, has the same values as you, you know, because yeah. it's so important um, who you're going to spend the yes. rest of your life. Money, money. Share those. 
Yeah. Finding relationships and all of that for sure. So speaking about people that um, have, you know, the most influence in your life, can you, do you have someone like that in your life that has influenced you in this area that you can say, yes, I can totally see why I do these things now or have done those things now <laughs> because of that person or people? Well, I know that um, growing up, I had a couple of people in my life that shaped my thinking around financial planning, even before I knew what financial planning was. So I had my grandparents who um, were married for like 60 something years, and I wasn't very close to them, but I always saw them um, having enough money, going on trips, wherever they went on many, many trips and they always seem to be just doing just fine financially. I mean, we never got to the nitty gritty of this. Um, so I always thought, okay, retirement's really cool. You know, you have enough money, you, you have fun in retirement. And then um, more, more closely in, in my relationships, my parents, um, seeing their, their retirement planning and how it wasn't really planned for mm-hmm. and um, how they've struggled um, you know, kind of month by month with, uh, well, something has come up. Okay. Now we can't do this, this, or this. So now we have to, uh, uh, struggle for a little while, you know, and so seeing how important it is to, to really think ahead and put together some kind of a plan so that you're not living social security check to social security check or pension check to pension check. So you have a little bit set aside. It's so, it's so interesting to me how some people, plan like that. And some people just live for the moment. And uh, in, in watching my parents and, and supporting them now um, with, with what they're going through, I really value that planning. And um, it has made me be more planful with myself and also with my clients um, and making sure that they're well taken care of. And I mean, I wish that I can just plan with everybody so that everybody has a plan. You know, but you, you know, people who come to us are the ones that really want to get some help. The other group of people that really helped me um, with, with my um, thinking about planning is, is the clients that I work with. You know, I get to talk to so many different people from all walks of life, um, some of which don't really have really high incomes, but yet they have their house paid off. And they have a great pension and the, you know, and, and they just, so it's not a matter of what you earn. I think there's just way more to it. There's so many pieces of the puzzle to put together. And um, so it's just, I don't know, it's making, it, it's just, it just makes me more, more aware that there are so many different pieces. It's not just taking your salary and making a savings. There are strategic decisions like, where am I going to live? how much, what's my standard of living going forward? And where am I going to work? You know, what's the benefits? What are the benefits like at that company? Do they offer a pension? It's all of those things put together that really makes a successful financial plan. Yeah, I agree. And it's, it's definitely a big honor for us. I feel that way every day that, you know, I get to sit across the screen these days, right. Or across the table in old days with clients, right. And, and, and being part of that alive. So um, I think it's really exciting uh, for sure, um, you know, uh, what we do 
do here every day. So something you said that kind of triggered this question in my head, but let's say you we were living in the moment and then all of a sudden you had extra 500, $1,000 of free money. You could do whatever you, you your heart desires um, in your budget. So what would you do? Let's say extra $1,000 a month in your budget. How would you spend it and why? You know, I've been thinking about this. Um, as you might know, I recently bought a condo probably in the last 18 months. And so money has been tight. And so I'm like, if I only had a thousand dollars a month, this is what I would do. First thing I would do is hire a housekeeper, house cleaner, because I hate cleaning my house. And I would just love for someone to come in once a week, mop the floors, sweep the floors, clean the bathroom. And then I would have more time and energy to work on the things that I would love to learn. Like I, I like to sew. So do more sewing, do more paintings. People who I've met with, they kind of see my paintings on the wall. Um, just, you know, kind of develop hobbies again. Um, and also I would set up a travel fund for going to see my, my stepmom. She lives in uh, Texas and Oklahoma. She's kind of between houses. Um, also just be able to go travel uh, more. I would of course save more for retirement because that's very important. And then last of all, um, I would want to make sure that my daughter, she works so hard now um, and she loves horseback riding. It's like her one true love. I want to be able to give her more lessons because um, she would really enjoy that. And she works so hard at school. So that's that's how I would spend my thousand dollars. <laughs> that's awesome. Actually, something is like a side note here, but I just I just randomly learned this. I mean, you know, the power of social media, but. Um, I have a younger brother um, uh, who has two kids. And so his oldest, uh, uh, Grace, who is seven, I, I just saw a picture um, on Instagram, her, uh, you know, riding a horse. I was like, holy moly, I did not even realize she was uh, taking lessons. So I was like, wow, this is such a cool hobby. And I know, you know, my dad is really big on, you know, horse, you know, horseback riding and just like, oh, that's, I was like, oh my gosh, why did I, they live on the East coast for those of you who are listening, don't know. So it's like, we kind of are, you know, on different coasts, but it's like, oh my gosh, this is totally, I was blown away to see that and very excited for her. So also a very, um, I know you can relate. Yeah. It's very therapeutic for children to be well, adults too, to be around horses. So huh. um, there has been studies about it and, and for her, it really calms her down. Um, being able to, to focus her energy on another thing, you know, and, and she's just not riding the horse. I mean, we talk about this, some of her classmates, they make fun of her. You, you like horse riding. That's you just sitting on your horse and you're just going, you know, and she's like, no, I have to hold on. She's mm -hmm. learning how to, how to canter and trot. And she wants to jump one day. God forbid. I, I watch her do that. I'll probably pass out, but so she's having to grip her legs together. So the horse, you know, she, she's having to go up and down when the horse trots and there's a, it's a sport, you know, it's a, it's a sport and she's interested in it. So I really would, would like to support her with that and, and get her more um, horse. She wants to own a horse. So this is the next best thing. Well, you're a financial planner. I'm sure you can plan for that. I've heard a plan for it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, totally. So one of the things as financial planners um, we have to do uh, in our day-to-day -day, um, life is to stay on the top of all information that's constantly changing. So how do you keep yourself up to date on anything, money, personal finances? Um, that's a good question. I don't really have time to watch television news. So I get most of my news from newsletters that come in my mailbox at, at work. 
So there's one that I really like called The Balance Today, which is um, the website is thebalancemoney.com. And you can sign up for this. It has kind of a blurb on what's happening with the markets. And then it has kind of a selected smattering, like five or six different links of things that are happening in the news right now. Um, so I like that one. It's very clear, concise, easy to read, very out of white space, not like a bunch of words. Um, and then I also, for financial planning's sake, I like to read some articles from Michael Kitsis. Um, he's a financial planner and really great, um, puts a lot of things together. And XY Planning Network is a great, they put a lot of content out very topical things that are happening and, and the way they write them is just very clear and I can take that information and use it uh, in client meetings pretty much right away because it's kind of on everybody's mind at the moment. Yeah, that's cool. I've never heard of this first one you mentioned. So I'm signed up. I've learned something today too. All right, there's just tons, but you have to, you have to really just pick and choose out there. You can't sign up for everything because you won't have time. No, you don't. And I know, you know, it, this is us uh, professionals filtering this, this information for clients. And so it could get overwhelming for sure. Okay. Um, yes, I know that, 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 that seems to be um, one of the things that you have to manage uh, in your day to day. So I want to ask you, since, um, you know, our industry is, is known for to be led by, uh, you know, male counterparts, right? So like, it's fair just to, to say that our industry is male dominated. And so, um, we're here at Main Street paving the way for women to, to be financial planners. And I am proud of it. I love it. The women are great planners. So it's, it's you know, it's our natural, um, you know, habits. We're just, we're just born that way. Mm -hmm. So if you had to think about our profession, what is one myth that you want to kind of debunk there? Like, what would you, what would you say? Um, I think the word financial advisor, financial planner comes with a lot of negative connotation around managing money and maybe stealing money or um, yeah, just kind of a negative, it's, it's like investments only, right? And um, that is one myth that I have to constantly correct people that I talk to, prospects that I talk to. I think the prospects that come to Main Street, they more understand that we don't manage money. And they're looking for that different kind of financial planning where you strip out managing money and you have more of an unbiased, comprehensive view of, of a person's finances. So, you know, the word financial planner does not mean we manage your money. It means we help you with anything financial that touches your lives. And so that would probably be the number one thing that I have to debunk constantly. It's not just, it's not just managing your portfolio. It's way more than that. Agree. And that's why I love the, the personal finance, you know, financial planning the way we do it. So yes, it's a great explanation. Let's have some fun. I want to, I want to ask a few, you know, just kind of random questions that I think um, our listeners uh, would, you know, would benefit uh, from learning about you. So um, if we put the work aside, um, what are some of the favorite self-care practices you have in your day-to-day -day, uh, life? Let's see, I was thinking about this. Um, I, every morning, I start my day drinking two cups of hot water with lemon. Why do I do that? Um, well, uh, most of you guys don't know, I started, I, I was very interested in, in health um, and wellness and I actually was gonna quit financial planning to be a health coach. 
But I learned that you need to drink water when you first wake up, duh, right? You haven't drank water since the night before. But um, adding water, adding lemon to the water actually helps our body get hydrated. It also helps our body flush out the toxins because our bodies overnight are processing all these toxins, the liver is cleaning everything out. So it's a good idea to just flood your body with some really good um, liquids in the morning, not just coffee. Um, so I do that every day, almost religiously. Um, so what else do I do? I also really put a priority around going to sleep on time and trying to get seven to eight hours per night, because I know that I function best with that and kind of a wind down routine at night. Um, you know, just winding down, uh, you know, doing the teeth brushing and the changing of your clothes into your pajamas and just sitting in bed, reading a book, maybe doing a journal and just winding down. It's really important to wind down, but about the same time every night. So I try to do that as well. That's awesome. Um, I, I cannot vouch for how much, how much sleep is important, especially I have your daughter is much older than Liam. So I think I finally I've there. I've been there with the younger. Yeah. It's, it's a lot. Well, when Sarah's bedtime was at a certain time, like I can control her bedtime was eight. It was great. Now uh, she's 12 and she has a lot of homework and I cannot no longer say your bedtime is used to be nine. Now it's like 10. I'm like, your bedtime's the same as mine. I don't like that anymore. I like to go to bed early. <laughs> oh, wow. This is, this is the kind of new reality you opened up for me. I'm like, I still enjoy the, the eight o'clock bedtime. And I have. Enjoy <laughs> it while you can, because you can set the bedtime and then you have time for yourself afterwards. Yes. Thank you. I've been told many times that every you know period in this motherhood journey is, is different and fun for, for its own thing. So yes, I should say it's all different. Every period is different. You got to find a lemonade each time, right? The lemonade <laughs> in the lemon. So you mentioned that you drink hot water with lemon. I do actually drink a lot of hot water. Uh, sorry, a lot of water with lemon throughout the day. So this is a great tip, but do you have, is there a favorite drink um, that you also like to consume? I like water, um, but I also love Jasmine green tea. And mm. um, I've discovered some really yummy, authentic, I'm going to say authentic, organic green tea. And um, you just, you just have to like find those little tiny tea shops uh, around and you have to experiment. I like the really fragrant, um, it's hard to explain, but I, I really do enjoy a cup of tea in the morning and it's really good. It's, it's antioxidant. It helps your body. Um, that and my water with lemon is what I drink most of the time. I'm pretty boring. <laughs> so you don't drink coffee. Is that a fair conclusion? Coffee does not agree with me. I love the uh. flavor. And but when I drink it, I just don't feel well. I don't feel great. So I might have a sip or two if I go to a conference or if I'm out and about with, I don't, my body does not enjoy it. So I prefer to just drink my green tea. Yeah. And then you shouldn't, that's totally cool. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Agree. All right. So how do you, so how do you stimulate your mind? Any there, are there any books that you're reading these days, podcasts that you're listening to that, that you want to share? There is so much that I want to listen to or read, but right now I am, I tend to gravitate towards, so after work, I tend to gravitate more towards my health coaching, health related type books, self-help books. Um, the one that I just picked up, I haven't, I haven't I, I'm on the first chapter is something 
Feel Better in Five by Dr. Rang um, Chatterjee, I think is his name. Um, he writes about taking these five minute snacks every day to feel happier, calmer, and more energetic. Oh. So um, Anna knows this, but I've been working on time management and taking a course on how to be a time genius. And this came up in that, um, that course about, um, it doesn't have to be these gigantic things that we do to kind of keep us healthy. So I picked up this book thinking if I can just spend 15 minutes a day, five minutes for your brain health, five minutes for your physical health and five minutes for, I can't remember the last one, but of course you're going to spend more time than that. But if you can at least spend five minutes in these areas and you can grow it from there. So that's, yeah, that's totally. the book that I'm reading right now. And I'm looking forward to picking it up this weekend. Um, and I have no distractions. <laughs> <laughs> That's exciting. You know, I'll, um, for, 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 so I think it's physical, mental, and then spiritual health maybe, but yeah, it's probably thing, spiritual. Yeah. Spiritual, yeah. One thing I want to share too, because I found that to be, um, I know that like five minutes is great, but if you can convince your mind to do something for five, you could probably do it for, for 10. So I have for this, this for me is exercise. And so, um, not my favorite thing to do, but I know I have to do it. Like you're, you're talking about, you know, your health and all of that, get it. I just got to convince myself to do it. <laughs> so there is an app, um, that is called a uh, seven minute daily exercise. Like when I, when I saw that, I was like, I can do it for seven minutes. And so guess what? I end up doing it for much longer because there's these short seven minute workouts that just like, you know, first, like you do the warm up, And then I was like, I can do seven more minutes because Liam is not up yet. So I've, I've just found that to be really, really helpful in that area. Yeah. And there's a book called Atomic Habits by James Clear. I just finished that book. And he was all about exactly what you just said. For example, if you want to lose weight or go to the gym, he said, go for a minute then come home. It, mm -hmm. It's the act of just showing up that creates habits um, and also tying the habit to something else you're doing. So I realized that when I get ready for the morning and I go take my daughter to school, if I put on my workout clothes or my sweats and I don't walk back in the house, when I drop her, uh, when I come back from dropping her off, I put my keys in the house or I put my purse in the house and I go for a walk. If I come in this house, and I sit down and do whatever, I'm not going to go for a walk. So this action of attaching my going for a walk when I get home from pick, taking her or actually just getting dressed in the right clothes in the morning, it, it, it supports me in, in getting some good habits done. So Atomic Habits is a really good book that shows you how incremental small little things can really help you develop really good habits. Yeah, I love I'm on that. a habit kick, can you tell? I'm on a yes. habit kick right now. <laughs> I love it, Jennifer. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for sharing. All right. So next question on this far side chat. Um, what do you have a personal motto that you live by? I would say my personal motto is that I've always believed that we are in control of the outcome of our lives. So stuff happens to us all the time. It's how we react to it. It's how we think about it. And if we're having a really bad day, or something is happening to us, we can always change things by just thinking a different way about it. Um, so I've always thought about that, um, that we have the power to influence our lives. We can influence where we work. We can influence um, you know, the relationships that we have. We may not like it right now, but if you put that intention out there and we think positively about that thing, you're gonna eventually get there. Um, it, we're not all victims in this world. 
we have the power to, to make changes. And um, I just have always believed in that. Um, it's not magic. It's something to do with energy and, you know, what you focus on. There's a, mod, there's, there's a saying out there, what you focus on happens or grows, uh, I think. What yeah, you focus on grows. What you focus on grows, something like that. Yeah. So if you're constantly focusing on the negative, you're going to keep having negativity in your life. When you focus on the positive, you're going to have more positivity in your life. Yeah, I love that. So is it fair to conclude that that's what your most value in life is, is, is that ex expansion that happens because you put the effort in? Um, I believe that I am where I am because I have this growth mindset, right? I'm not happy with status quo. Something's not right in my life. I go to try to fix it. I'm not always just like, oh, well, that's just the way it's going to be. No, I'm more like, okay, now what can I, how can I fix this? What can I do to change it? I always have this growth mindset, growth, growth. How can I grow from here? What can I learn from this horrible mistake when I got divorced? Like, what can I grow? What can I learn from it? How can I change things? Yeah, I love that improvement is, I think that's why you probably attracted to the to the health and self-improvement yeah. area, which it's so much, so much of that translates to what you do with your personal finances and money. And so all of this is very connected. So I'm, thank you for sharing. I'm very excited that we got to chat today. How do you think folks can connect with you? Where, where is the best place? The best place is going to be on mainstreetplanning.com. But I also have a, I have a LinkedIn profile under Jennifer Bush. Um, you know, I have other profiles out there, but I think LinkedIn is going to be one of them. And MainStreetPlanning.com has various links to the various things out there. Totally. And we'll include all of this in the show notes. So people will, will be reaching out for sure and checking out your the articles that you write and all of the other content that we create. So again, Jennifer, thank you so much for sharing. It's been a pleasure. You're welcome. Hey, Money Boss. Thanks for tuning in today. If this episode did help you, then please be sure to share it with someone else you think will benefit from it too. After all, smart financial decisions are for everyone, uh, so don't be greedy. I hope I can help you even further by sharing with you how thousands of clients I worked with in my career over the last 16 years created their very own successful financial lives on their terms. It's hard for me to do this over an audio, and if you are ready for the next chapter in your life, then be sure to go to MainStreet-Money.com to get your free resource guide to help you begin correcting top six financial mistakes I see people make all the time, such as not having clear financial goals, not having a handle on spending or saving for the future, not knowing how to get rid of all the debts, and of course, not having a clear strategy or plan on how to protect your hard-earned money. Until next time, remember, you are the boss of your money.